White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey, everybody! Hi, everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the Two White Chicks in China. This is episode one hundred and thirty-nine. It's been ages. Yeah, no, I think we have a habit of saying that these days, don't we? <laughs> But we, there is a big reason. It's not like we've just been skiving. There's, you know, plenty going on in our lives. <laughs> That's right. I just had my second girl here in China, baby,、um, at a different hospital this time. Different experience entirely.、Um, it was easier the second time around. Not less painful, but easier. But it was much, much shorter, and the facilities were much different from the first time around. But yeah, second baby in China, so that's kept me busy. And the last few months, I was also working at Huawei, so that was that was also keeping me busy full time. How about you, Holly?、Uh, well, I now have an educational consultancy with、uh, Nara's other half. She's <laughs> very strange. We're all like keeping it. Keeping it、um, in the family, <laughs> something like that. You need someone you can trust. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, I've been busy with that for the last year or so, well, almost. And、uh, yeah, we also have some big news regarding like two eye chicks and written Chinese. Or are you letting me announce? It? I am. I, am, me I feel like expectant feel,、yeah. look.、Um, so <laughs> yeah. So you know, we've been kind of partnering with WrittenChinese.com for quite a while. Originally, we were working with a company that was producing WrittenChinese.com, and then the podcast kind of separated. And now, actually, Holly and I have acquired WrittenChinese.com, so it is now our project. And so we have been. It was kind of an unexpected、mm-hmm. opportunity for us. So we've been kind of scrambling around trying to figure out what we're going to do with this massive site, and we're really excited. And we're just trying to sort out some of the tech details. If any of you have been using it, I have noticed little blips and bleeps and problems lately. It's、uh, little kinks we're trying to sort out with the new team. So bear with us as we make the transition. It's a big project. It's a Multi cross platform project, and so for us, Holly, who are Holly and I, who are semi tech people, <laughs>、uh, it's taken us a while to figure out DNS issues and all this other fun stuff, SDK updates, blah 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 blah. So there's a lot going on that we're dealing with behind the scenes, and as a team of two now. It's a lot to handle, so we really want to reach out and thank all of you for staying subscribed, and for continuing to recommend our podcast to other listeners, even in our absence of episodes recently. But we are getting back on track. Yeah, that's it. That's this is the you know we will now probably be releasing new episodes、uh, every other week,、um, but we really want to get back to routine. And also, obviously, we've got、um, like supporters on Patreon. And we've been promising special Patreon content for so long now, but obviously, as you've heard, like Nora and I have our fingers in so many pies.、Um, we we will get there. We just、um, just a lot going on right now, but、uh, it, it will happen.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you notice, our podcast is totally ad free, so we're actually like basically sponsoring it ourselves and the people on <laughs> Patreon who have. 
been yeah. so kind to yeah, donate yeah, toward the cause. That's actually what's keeping it alive because we have server costs and other things. I mean, and we would really love to upgrade our sound equipment as well. Yeah, that's the big thing right now, I think. Yeah, so so anyway, it's just another thank you to everyone who has been bearing with us as we grow and change and morph. And we actually have a product in mind for RittenChinese.com that we're very excited about. But we would love to hear feedback from you as well. If you're Chinese learners and you're struggling with something, send us an email and let us know. Support RittenChinese.com. Um, because all that feedback is really valuable and we actually use that to create our products. So we want to make things that are as useful to you as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just want to second that. Thank you to everyone who is, who's still listening and still supporting us on the, uh, two white chicks and written Chinese. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's awesome. It's great. Did you say we have a new supporter on Patreon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charmaine. Yes. Uh, new, new Patreon supporter, but Again, thanks to everyone who's still supporting us. Yeah, as as we just said, we want to hopefully upgrade our recording equipment and uh, go, you know, go go pro. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna happen. It's been what four years now since we started the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm scared to say that, but <laughs> ja- around January 2015. We're not going away anytime soon, and we are shocked that we've still got stuff to talk about. But actually, we've got quite a lot on the docket, and yeah. Uh, but we, of course, we're always looking for new topics. So if you have questions about life in China, even stuff that we've covered before, because we noticed that a, a couple of our topics that are coming up are things that we have talked about before, kind of, not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. We're putting a different spin on it, but it's been so long since we've talked about it that actually opinions change, yeah, situation absolutely. here changes in China, and so um, we're don't be afraid to like you know overlap on a question that's been asked before because there may be new information that's available now that wasn't at the time. So, you know, you don't need to go back through all the topics and figure out something we haven't done before. Just ask away if you're curious, and um, we're really happy to answer your questions on the show. Should we go into a fact mm-hmm. about China? Yes, please. Okay, so I got this from Quartz, this new site, uh, QZ.com, Quartz. So, <laughs> in the last month, uh, another Tesla has caught on fire. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> this Tesla. time was in China. <laughs> So uh, it was in Shanghai, and the video went viral and has had over 18 million views. Yeah, it was pretty bad when I I was when I saw the video. I was like amazed. No one got hurt. Like it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, fortunately, it was just parked in yeah. a parking garage. And this from the news site that I found said that the 20 second long recording shows a sedan in a parking garage emitting smoke from its chassis before exploding and bursting into flames. So yeah. This isn't the first Tesla that has spontaneously combusted. Mm. <laughs> Although you mentioned something about um, the battery, like it's yeah, they reckon that it was something to do with a charger. Like the person wasn't using. I don't exactly know how this how they char- like charge the t- a Tesla, but it, apparently that it was like the. It was something to do with the charger that they were using. It wasn't like a proper Tesla charger. I don't know if that's even right or not. Huh. Seems funny to spend all that money on a Tesla and then be like, oh, I'm just going to get the knockoff charger. Yeah, it's like getting a Tenkwai charger for your Apple, like in Minisaw. <laughs> Except if your phone, phone catches on fire, it's slightly 
you know, less serious than your Tesla. <laughs> Tell our listeners what Miniso is. Oh, Miniso. Uh, well, Miniso is, as far as I know, a knockoff from Japan. Is that right? That's what I heard. It's like, uh, it's a Japanese idea, um, but Ch- China just got on this bandwagon of, like, selling things, like, re- super cheap. But it's like, it's the package, like, the, the way they sell things is just, is quite nice. Like, the aesthetics behind everything's, like, nice, like, nice colours and just everything's, appe- like, really appealing. Um, I, I can't really think of, uh, something that's to compare it with back home. Because we have a lot of, in the UK, we have a lot of, like, pound shops. And mm. they like, it's most... Yeah, I would also compare it to a dollar store because the prices are really ridiculously cheap, but the packaging and the aesthetics are really high quality. Yeah, and it's in that respect, it's like Japanese, more Japanese style. Like you expect the quality to be kind of decent, even though what you're buying is, is pretty cheap. But the quality of, I mean, it's cheap in terms of what you pay for it, but actually yeah. the quality of the goods is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah most of the stuff that I've gotten is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Ikea meets Dollar Store. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And there are a few that have, pro- like, other companies that have pro- propped, sorry. There are other companies that have cropped up since, like, uh, Nomi. Yeah. Which, and they're, they're doing that, like, they're oh, Ikea, yeah. Ikea combined with, like, Minnesota. They even use the same font as Ikea, like, yeah, packaging and everything is Ikea. And you get, like, a little, ba- like, basket when you go in, which is something similar I noticed when I went in there was something else that was really similar to Ikea mm-hmm. but I love that shop it's got everything it even has clothes really and nice. stuff in yeah, there yeah. And, and it's again not expensive super cheap it's more like Muji which is Japanese like legitimately right It's like that's a proper brand whereas mm. Miniso is as far as I know it's like a, a knockoff mm. <laughs> so bringing this back around <laughs> when we imagine Japanese products now we think of high quality, like precision made, you know, handcraft or just like really well made electronics, something like that. Um, but my dad remembers when he was a kid that in his generation, Japanese products were seen as really cheap and crappy. Mm. And so I'm just wondering, like going back this whole Tesla thing, cause you know, Tesla is seen as this like super high quality product. Um, but then you have these issues with it spontaneously combusting. I'm just wondering also in China how much the perceptions are going to change of Chinese products moving forward because, right, you know, probably most people still see Chinese products as really cheap. But lately, the Chinese products that I've bought have been really good. Yeah. I actually just got this little attachment thing for the stroller because now that I've got two kids and it's like a little scooter that you just attach to the back of the stroller so like the toddler can like stand and ride while you push the baby in the stroller and it basically saves tons of space and avoids the whole double stroller issue and it costs like ten dollars yeah but it's high quality it's a good invention I don't know if the IP like was it invented in China I don't know they may have taken like a something that was invented like a lot of times that's what what they'll do and as consumers in China that's really actually awesome to our benefit because a lot of times you'll get like apple will come out with like a new product and then like all these chinese producers will like reverse engineer it and then you'll be buying it for like ten dollars yeah and the market's just flooded with all of these different options airbuds like yeah my headphones now are similar to the airbuds 
and I think they probably work just as well, <laughs> if not better. They have really good battery life, and I don't know. It's just um, I'm curious to see going forward whether the perception of Chinese products is going to change. The, for sure, they got to work on the marketing. Like yes. working at Huawei has been really interesting to see just how much effort they spend on building the hardware, and then when it goes to the marketing, because what I see usually is all the consumer facing materials and so i'm just shocked at how the marketing itself the like it's just really um either it's poorly translated or there are spelling errors or there's like formatting errors on the site just little things that kind of make you question the quality of the Mm -hmm. products even though the product quality isn't um you know it's not obviously directly related but you just perceive it to be uh, you know, hey, if they're going to put spelling errors all over their site, maybe their product isn't really that good quality either. kind of changes your whole perception of it. But if they can get the marketing mix right, not just Huawei, but all these Chinese companies, then I think that they really could turn it around because they've got the technology and they've got the infrastructure to build some really amazing products. And there's more and more innovation coming out, so... We'll see. Tesla might have a competitor coming up, <laughs> coming soon, and, and they'll probably jump on the opportunity to use this bad publicity to their advantage, so like any competitor would. <laughs> yeah, well, with um, marketing here, it's so it's just it's so driven by like word of mouth, and once people get on the bandwagon, it just spreads like wildfire, and. Uh, yeah, people leave reviews. There's so many like uh, apps and stuff that people use here in China, like to review restaurants and um, even on Taobao, like you can review, you can see product reviews. I mean, just like in the West, like with Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's more so here, like people are really driven by other people's opinions. Like, uh, actually, moving on, if you don't mind. This uh, I have a news article from over this weekend. Um, we've just uh, had a long mayday weekend this story uh, comes from a crayfish restaurant in changsha hunan and uh i just need to ask you a question nora how, how how many people would you like wait in a line like how many people would you be okay with being in front of you in a line like in a queue for a restaurant yeah if it's like a michelin restaurant then i would wait quite a bit but for an average restaurant i don't know if i saw like more than Three or four groups, I'd probably be turned off. Okay. Uh, would you wait and be almost eight, the 8,000th person in a queue? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what happened this weekend at a, this crawfish, uh, crayfish, not crawfish, crayfish restaurant, sorry. And uh, there was almost 8,000 people in a queue. 8,000? Yeah, almost, yeah. Uh, and they were even queuing into, like, the middle of the night. Wow. I don't... Not, Just I imagine being the person getting in line, like, you know, towards the 7,000 mark. I mean, what? I mean, why would you? Even, I think even, like, being 100 or 200, I think I might find that questionable. Uh, I mean, I went out over this weekend and went to a restaurant that's apparently got a good reputation. I've actually never been before. But it's not, it's just, like, standard. It's not, nothing special. And um, we were, there were 50 groups of people ahead of us. I mean, they said it was going to be, like, an hour probably going to be longer than that but uh we we were said no no you're no you're right <laughs> um but more than more than the eight thousand people in the queue women which were also trying to queue for the toilets and that was um oh. a wait time of 30 minutes to an hour oh. 
Yeah. Although I'm surprised that's pretty quick for 8,000 people. Yeah, it's not bad, actually, is it? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh. uh, to top it all off, once you finished, you've got to get home. And um, there were over 2,000 people in line for <laughs> a taxi. Uh, people were using, when you, um, or if you need to order a taxi in uh, China, you can use an app called Didi. And uh, you can tell how many people are in the queue ahead of you. So this was, um, pe- people could see that there was uh, 2,052 people in line. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I think you'd just start walking home, wouldn't you? you would yeah, just, no you kidding. You wouldn't even wait. No kidding. Jeez. But this is a holiday weekend, right? Is that why yeah. it's so popular? I mean, I guess so, but there must people be some really good... People just gotta get their hands on the crawdads, cr- cr- I yeah, guess. Cr- I mean, it just must be amazing. Wow. I'm not sure. I don't know actually anything about the restaurant itself. It just says a popular crayfish restaurant, but, you know, that's... Jeez. That's Maybe they have some thing. special holiday deal Maybe. and people Maybe. just... Wow. Maybe it was like all you can eat or something. Because those crayfish places usually do that, right? Anyway. <laughs> I can't even picture 8,000 people waiting. Like, there are, there are some how pi- big is this restaurant? There are some pictures. I'll, I will link to the article. You can see some Please pictures do. of people queuing and, like, just pitch black and just, like, queues of people. Pitch black. Oh, because it's night. It's night. Yeah, like, people have been waiting, night. like, for goodness knows how long. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Imagine you wait for, like, three, four hours, and then it's too late to order. Oh, man. And, what ge- I mean, what gets me is that people can see, they, they have, like, one of the, you get a ticket, and it shows you how many people are ahead of you. So, it really, I find it quite amazing that people would actually stand for that long. Do you think people were taking the tickets and then, like, just leaving? I don't know where the, the the restaurant was. Like, maybe if it was in a, a populated area with a mall or something, yeah, I guess you could do that. Although, by the time they got in, if people were still queuing in the middle of the night, then probably everything else was closed. <laughs> oh. oh, man. It's, it's quite funny, really. It is. Wow. That's definitely a China moment. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's move on to our question. So, um, this week our question comes from Donna. And she left us this question on Facebook. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash chicks, and the two is spelt out T-W-O. And she says, Hi, Holly and Nora. I stayed in Chongqing for three weeks in May with a friend who is local. It was mind-bogglingly frenetic and a great <laughs> array of foods and entertaining sights. I'm from Scarborough in England, uh, so this was a massive culture shock. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I felt safe and relaxed, but the downside was the density of traffic and smelling and tasting the traffic fumes almost everywhere. Perhaps you could discuss the impact of this upon the life of a city dweller and any planned improvements. Um, I felt quite smothered with the humidity and smog. I hear it's unbearable now being one of the furnace cities. Uh, This might be a good topic for your podcast. I love your show and banter. If I'd had my time again, I would have loved living and working in China. It's never boring, that's for sure. Uh, Sadly, it's too late as I'm 56 and I have home restrictions. Uh, many thanks. That's from Donna. Well, Donna, thank you for your question. Yeah, thank you. can live vicariously through us as we <laughs> live our lives in China. Um, so cool that you're listening and that you were, had a chance to travel to Chongqing. Yeah, so Chongqing is uh, one of one of the three furnaces, which is, what's a furnace city, Holly? Um, a furnace city is basically a, a city that just suffers from a long, a long hot weather. Uh, long hot weather sorry <laughs> a furnace city is um a city that 
has a, a long lasting summer. It's extremely hot. Um, usually these three, the three furnaces usually have had uh, recorded temperatures of over 35 degrees for more than 70 days in the year. And they have recorded temperatures of over 40 can you translate that, please? Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> let's say between 95 degrees Fahrenheit and like 105 degrees Fahrenheit, somewhere in that range for 70 days of the year. Um, yeah, I had the, I found a little bit of the temperature statistics for mm -hmm. the three. So it seems like the list of furnace cities has been growing. Oh, <laughs> and, cha and changing a, as well, it seems. Yeah. So but, uh, according to the article that I found, the original three furnace cities were Chongqing, Wuhan and Nanjing. Mm -hmm. And so in Chongqing, the hottest month is August, and the average temperature is 34 degrees or 93 degrees Fahrenheit average. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's not the, as you always hear, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. It's so true. It's so humid. So the, the average annual relative humidity in Chongqing is 83%. That's awful. Which is pretty brutal. I mean, as an average, wow. Um... And yeah, it was just uh, made me think of. I spent a couple weeks in Egypt in July, <laughs> which was also no um, spring breeze. It was very hot. But in places like that, I mean, it's intensely hot during the day, but it's a dry heat and it really does make a difference. And at night, because you're in the desert, it actually gets cold. So you get this kind of relief. But in these cities, there's no relief. Mm, at night, no. it is just as hot as during the day. I mean, you don't get the sun, but it is just as stiflingly hot during the day. It's it's pretty mental. And uh, I think Chongqing, like, I lived in Chengdu for uh, over a summer, and that was pretty brutally hot. It's not too far from Chongqing, and it's also in a basin. So you just get, like, no air movement. Yeah. It's just the heat is just, like, sitting on yeah, you. Yeah, it's just suffocating, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've heard from other people who have been in that region that it's just unbearable mm -hmm. I mean Shenzhen is hot yeah. in the summer especially it's it's hot but we've got the sea and we've got the mountains and so we get kind of circulation in the yeah. air you know it's still I mean you have days when the air is still and it's pretty stifling but it's still not I don't think it's the same as as the furnace cities yeah and we still have those hot evenings we do we do but I don't know I kind of like it just like being able to wander out and just like be wearing flip flops at two, three in the morning. Yeah, you yeah, never have to worry about. Fun, yeah, yeah, you never have to worry about bundling up at all. Whereas, like in Wisconsin, even if you have a really hot day, you still have to have a jacket at night. Yeah, yeah, same at home. Yeah, yeah. In fact, to be honest, it's it's nice. I mean, I I've never really gotten that used to the heat, but it is nice not having such like wishy washy weather, which is basically what you have in the UK. Mm -hmm. Like even in the sum, well. We call it summer, but <laughs> you can never be really sure if it, you're going to get a summer. So, you, yeah, you you always have to be prepared for the weather to change just, like, overnight. Yeah, it's very <laughs> predictably hot yeah. in Shenzhen. But it's true, it is nice, because it's, like, you get used to just, like, walking out in a little mm -hmm. summer dress and not having to, like, carry along the sweater. And so it's, yeah. it is kind of freeing in it's that true. sense for... You who come from climates where you have to always have the sweater like on hand or a blanket or something to be able to bundle up. It's yeah, the, the heat is very predictable. <laughs> yeah, I um I found a, an article which is it's from 2017, but this is uh, from one of the ten furnace cities in China, which is Hangzhou, 
And uh, this is from the summer of 2017, where temperatures reached above 40 degrees, 41 degrees, in mm. fact. And uh, instead of going to the beach or doing something fun, people spent their weekend in the Hangzhou train station <laughs> uh, enjoying the air conditioning. Well, I often see workers in Shenzhen, like, just sitting on the stairs in the metro and collecting yeah. the, the cool air. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice and air-conditioned down there, and it's free. <laughs> so you see people sometimes playing poker on the steps of the metro, because it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, if they work nearby, it's close enough where they can just kind of hang out and get a breath of cooler air. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I think brings us quite nicely to the, some of the things we wanted to talk about in this episode... Um, we wanted to talk about ways in which Chinese people tend to stay cool, specifically like using uh, air conditioning or not, as the case may be. The big thing that uh, you would assume everyone would use here is their um, air conditioning, but for the most part, people don't tend to use it, or they might use it, but only for a very short time. Sometimes they'll use fans, but uh, even that is still still like not very common, and that's um, to do with traditional Chinese medicine, where they just think that the air conditioning will just make you sick, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they warn you about, you know, having wet hair and using the air conditioner. Or after I had the baby, they have, like, strict rules about not getting your hair wet because you'll get sick or you're going to get a headache if you leave the air conditioner on at night. Mm-hmm. And they have all these, like, you know, the dangers of the air conditioner to your health. Have you heard of fan death? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is actually... It's intriguing. Yeah, it's fan death. Is a, is a, actually uh, from Korean culture, but it kind of gives you an insight into the whole Asian mentality towards these things. Um, so I grabbed this quote directly from Wikipedia. So fan death is a well-known superstition in Korean culture where it is thought that running an electric fan in a closed room with unopened or no windows will prove fatal. <laughs> Despite no concrete evidence to support the concept, belief in fan death persists to this day in Korea. So you get some of that in China, like it's not quite, I've never heard of Chinese people saying like, oh, if, if you do this, you'll die, no. which I guess is how a lot of people in Korea actually think, mm. uh, which is shocking because, I mean, it's pretty easy to prove it wrong. But anyway, um, <laughs> in China, they still have this fear of enclo- enclosed spaces is definitely like having the feng shui is really important in yeah. China. So not enclosing everything. So even in, in colder climates, a lot of times they'll have windows cracked or even just like straight up open in the winter time for airflow because they believe it's not healthy to be, you know, in an enclosed space. Yeah. Yeah, when I was um, working in the kindergarten, during the winter, everyone would just be bundled up. Like the kids would have like three and four layers on, <laughs> but the windows were wide open. And I know it's, in Shenzhen it doesn't get cold, cold. But it's still unpleasant. It's unpleasant. The it's open. it's yeah. It's it's difficult to describe. I think, but yeah, that's it was just the way you couldn't close the windows because there's no insulation and there's really no heating no. in Shenzhen. Anything below, there's like a line. I forget exactly if it's a river that divides it, but basically China's divided into northern and southern. And if you're below the line in southern China, then the houses don't have insulation and don't have heating. Yeah. So it may, especially if you're, like, Chengdu, it was quite cold, but it, it, during the winter time. But as it was below the line, no houses had any, uh, in the schools and stuff. The kids would be just, like, huddled with their beanie caps and, like, winter coats underneath their school uniforms and those, like, electric water bottle Mm -hmm. thingies. 
uh, to keep warm and the windows would be open and they'd just be like shivering while trying to study for like 12 hours a day. <laughs> and I don't, people don't, I don't think many people use heaters in no. the winter here either. No, they probably um, also think that's not healthy. Yeah, either. yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, maybe not very sick. Not always very safe, but I'm sure health-wise. Oh, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what are some other ways that people like to keep cool? I think this is an interesting topic related to furnace cities. Like, what are some other ways that people in China like to stay cool that are kind of unusual, unusual. for us Westerners? Uh, okay, well, this is quite a common thing. Once it gets hot, you often see men walking around on the streets with, like, their T-shirt rolled up. Oh, yeah. So you just like, <laughs> see their tummies, like, sticking out. Um, and I didn't know this, but it's, it's being called the Beijing bra. Oh, I love Uh, that. Yeah, because it it became popular during the uh, Beijing Olympics. Oh, because they're like usually wearing like a tank top and then they roll it up so it looks like a sports bra. Yeah, I guess so. And, uh, but I mean, this was very frowned upon, like during the Olympics, the government said like, you can't stop doing it. (laughs) It's really bad. But it's such a common thing. It's not just in Beijing. Like it's very common in Shenzhen as well. Yeah, it's funny, like, in the West, sometimes you see in, like, coastal cities in the summer, you'll see guys who have, like, shoved sure. their tank tops, like, into their pants pockets, sticking out the back of their pants, and then they're they're walking around topless. But usually those guys are cut. Yeah. But in China, it's like every average Joe is walking around with his gut hanging out, like... <laughs> yeah, just like it's totally normal. Totally normal. And I, there are still t- like, for the most part, I'm obviously, I'm kind of used to it now, but there are times when I just have to, like, giggle a little bit, is, because there are just, like... Because it's just, like, everywhere. You could be walking around outside of Gucci, and you just see a guy like this who's yeah. in his... And they love, like, the plastic sandal flip-flop things, too. It's just, like, super <laughs> yeah. casual. Yeah. But, like, because Shenzhen is kind of ritzy in a lot of places, it's funny the juxtaposition between the, you know, the, the lifestyles and, you know, you see the super fancy fountains, like, oh, everything's really luxe. Yeah. And then, like, the guy's belly is just hanging out, and he's giving it a good scratch, you know? <laughs> Another thing that people do here to stay cool, which is unusual to me, is uh, just, like, the things that they eat or drink. Yeah. One is this, like, mung bean soup. So it's, like, a Mm -hmm. sweet mung bean soup, which bean soup wouldn't necessarily translate to me as something refreshing, but it's not bad. Yeah, I think it's all right. I would get it when I was, uh, a while, a long time back, I was teaching some some boys, and uh, the I would always give me a ball when I arrived. Probably because I was sweating buckets like <laughs> I, I a lot of Ch- you don't often see like Chinese people like really sweat like I feel as though in the summer here I just you just step outside and it's just like yeah like, it's you really gloss. suffer whereas they're just like in even they're wearing like sometimes like full like long sleeves and long trousers I don't know how they manage mm. but sometimes covering up and in the sun helps helps a bit more because you also see like in those places like in Egypt and stuff you see people wearing these like basically like long gowns like Saudi Arabia you just like imagine the way that they dress and with the the turban or whatever you call this thing that drapes over their heads it does help to keep them cool you I mean because also where I'm from it, the hotter it gets, the less clothing we wear. Just strip yeah. it off. Just yeah, which is, it it's, I mean, that's just the, comp, like, more, I think most people do that, right? Mm-hmm. You just, you go out in as little as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here, it's not the case. And we've talked in previous episodes about, like, 
the face kini and that oh, kind of yeah. thing. Went, oh, okay, that's not about staying cool. That's about protecting your skin from the sun. But uh, wearing full-length bathing suits for women uh, is is quite common here. Yeah. Although I've never seen a face kini in real life. Uh, I've definitely mm. seen some pretty like conservative you should google it if you don't know what we're talking about (laughs) it's like a ski mask but for bathing to keep your sun to keep your skin from being exposed to the sun it's like a wrestling mask like i'm sure there are wrestlers out there that basically wear these things and the bathing suits holly is mentioning too i mean they go all the way down to the ankles it's not just like a modest bathing suit it's literally Mm -hmm. like sleeves and leggings Going all the way down, barely any skin is exposed. Because sometimes they even have like the water shoes on too. Yeah, yeah. and co- covering up in the sun is is quite a common thing here. Like these uh, fake uh, like mm, sleeves that the women wear. I've never seen men wear them, but that they wear for uh, yeah to just protect their skin. Yeah, I see a lot of women wearing them on one arm for driving. Even sometimes men, I've seen them wearing. Them on oh. one arm for driving because it's like the one arm that's exposed to the sun. Yeah, I've no, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Another thing that people like to drink is a chrysanthemum tea. So this is like the the mung bean soup and chrysanthemum tea it goes back to traditional Chinese medicine. Some foods are hot and some foods are cold, like we've mentioned in a previous episode. We talked a little bit about mm-hmm. Chinese medicine and this concept of hot foods and cold foods. And it's hard as an outsider to understand what this means. I still don't really get why some foods are hot and some foods are cold. Try to figure out some kind of pattern. Is it an acidity thing? No, it's not. Is it like a, you know, like a seasonal thing? No, it's not. Like, I don't really understand why some foods have been deemed cooling and some foods hot. Yeah, it's not It's not obvious either, is it? It's, yeah. like, it's not like you can't assume that um, a hot, uh, an actual hot food would make you hot. <laughs> it's, not, right. it's not quite that simple. Right, like a lemon, and then, like, you think, like, okay, so a lemon is hot. So you think, like, other citrus fruits would also be hot, but a grapefruit is cold. Mm. So, you know, it's, I don't know, I'm sure this, for, for Chinese people, it's, like, very obvious because they've been taught it from the beginning, but, um, yeah, chrysanthemum tea is one of those things that they drink to, to cool down, and it's also good for eye fatigue, which I, personally, I don't know if it's a placebo, but I found it to work for me when yeah. I was working on the computer in the office all day when I would drink the chrysanthemum tea. I really did feel like it helped to keep my eyes somehow, like, relaxed. It helped with eye strain. Hmm. But drinking a hot cup of tea when it's hot out is not like the first thing that I would go for. I would go for. No, no, me neither. And we've mentioned it before, but it's really rare to get a drink with ice here. Oh yeah. Even I mean, if you go to like a, just a standard Chinese restaurant, you're not gonna get ice at all. You, in fact, you're probably more likely to get hot tea. But in even in a bar, even in like Western style bars, you often have to ask for ice mm-hmm. in your drink yeah and we were uh, discussing too about how like for example mcdonald's mm-hmm. so has standard practices around the world and in the states and most places like they fill the cup with ice before they put the soda in i don't know if this is a cost cut because i know when i worked at i was uh working at a microbrewery we'd also fill the cups with ice and i'm pretty sure part of it is like a cost saving i think so technique yeah, yeah. But in China, the, I, I, I assume that they've been told to do this, but it's so against the way that Chinese people drink their drinks. Like, they would never want a cup full of ice with, <laughs> with cold soda on top of it. And so they'll ask you pretty much standard when you go up to order and you get your Coca-Cola, do you want 
shopping. Like, do you mm-hmm. want a sm- less amount of ice? Other places will do that too if they have ice iced tea or something like yeah, that they'll ask right. you as a standard question do you want less ice <laughs> and then yeah. they'll just put like a few bitty cubes on the top <laughs> well i suppose most trends have that like uh cultural sort of differences like foods are a bit different or um but i guess in the u.s you also have like the super size things in mcdonald's right oh Whereas yeah that's, i don't think that's i mean maybe it's in other places in the world but i know like in the uk it's not i don't think i don't think it. it's anywhere else i don't in the think world. but it's different i guess different i don't know if they the have world. it anymore though now because of after, the the docu- after the documentary but yeah, still yeah. like <laughs> our small size is equivalent to a large size in china Right. I, I'm, if not even bigger. Mm-hmm. And you can't even get, like, the ice cream sizes that they sell in China. Yeah. It's like a mini. People would totally <laughs> complain. <a> <laughs> yeah, like, if you ordered that in the States, even if you ordered a small and it came like that, people would be like, ah. In fact, ice cream in general in, I don't know how it is in the UK, but mm. I've never seen... I didn't realize it, but we just eat massive amounts of ice cream. Like, the ice cream bowls that we would use as kids to scoop ice cream were, right. were like, cereal bowls. Oh, yeah. We just, like, fill it with, like, four or five scoops of ice cream. I mean, you get ice cream by the gallon. At yeah. least this is in Wisconsin. Right. And also maybe because it's, like, a dairy state and, That's like, they're pushing it. the dairy on you. But you get, like, you can't even find usually a, a full pint of ice cream in China. Usually it's, mm. like, a mini it's like a little itty bitty two scoops of ice cream. Yeah, I think we're probably somewhere in the middle. Like mm. we we enjoy ice cream, but we don't have you. Can, you don't get as. Or I mean, as far as I know, you can't get like massive, massive uh, quantities unless you go to like somewhere that sells wholesale. I guess. Mm. Um, but we're not to the extreme where you're only getting like these little. Yeah, like um, is it Hagen Dazs here where you get those little teeny tiny pots? I've yeah. never seen those before. Anywhere. And it's so expensive here too. Oh yeah. Ice cream in general is, like, yeah. quite a lot. And they also alter the recipe. It's not the same because a lot of people in China are lactose intolerant. So, anyway, going off topic. <laughs> so, what other ways uh, we stay in cool in southern China? I've got one more thing, but I've never seen it myself. This is uh, still on the food thing. Probably elsewhere in China. I've never seen it in Shenzhen. But uh, that people make a ball out of a half watermelon. Um, I don't know if it's to eat the watermelon itself. Although there is a lot of watermelon here in in the summertime. And good watermelon, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also, I'm not sure if they actually, like, eat meals out of the bowl. You know, I I don't know if that's some way. Like, they make it into a bowl and then they put other food inside of it. Right. And then it, like, transmits the cooling properties to the food or something. But I'm not exactly sure if that's right. I'm not sure Mm. if I fully understood that. It was an article I found. I'll I'll Mm. link to it. Maybe it's clearer to everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. I just, there was a kid, like, with the the ball, and she she had, uh, I guess she had chopsticks. So there must have been something in there that wasn't watermelon. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, watermelon's a cooling food. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it is. Interesting how it keeps it cool. Have you seen them carrying around these bamboo mats to stay mm-hmm. cool? Yeah, this is yeah. like in the home as well, but also out. You sometimes see people having a snooze on these little bamboo roll-up mats. Everywhere. Yeah, and you see that everywhere. <laughs> on a park bench, on the grass, next to a construction site, like pavement. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they, yeah, they use them in their homes as well on the on beds like to sleep sleep on the the mat in instead of a mattress or on top of the mattress i guess yeah i don't know yeah i've also seen them in taxis as well like the driver sits on the oh, yeah. on the mat but i'm not sure i mean i'm guessing that's related 
Probably to keep him cool. Or those like wooden bead things too. Sometimes oh, they yeah. sit on those also. Yeah, I wonder if that's like to ma- like for a massage. Maybe, yeah. And they also like using these like big bamboo heart shaped fans oh, yeah. to like the grannies. You'll see them chasing after the kids with these big hand fans, which is really they look really nice. Um, I love that a lot of stuff here is still like in use today is you made out of bamboo. Like this, all the street sweepers here, they're. Mm. Their brooms are made of, I don't know if it's sorghum or whatever, but they're like natural materials. Um, and they usually see them sweeping and then wearing these also like bamboo or straw hats. Yeah. Like big, wide brim hats. And then, because you worked at a kindergarten, so Mm -hmm. they also like tend to stuff like washcloths down the back, down their back. So what's that about? Right. Um, as far as I know, it's just to collect the sweat, I guess, just to stop them having to change their clothes as often. Uh-huh. Um, so when they would go out for, to play in the morning, they would come back in, we would change the... I don't know why, but people were calling using the word diaper. Like, oh. I don't know why. Like, I don't know where it came from, and I certainly wouldn't call it that myself, but it's just a giant handkerchief. Mm-hmm. with uh, Some of them are just like rectangles of white material. Um, and it's just, like, shoved down the back of their shirt, right? Yeah, Like, yeah. part of it is sticking out. That's it. Some of them are specially made for this purpose. I, but I've never seen them anywhere else in the world, so... Uh, but they do make them, especially for this function, and they've got, like, a flap with some kind of animal, and the, the animal sticks out of the back, mm-hmm. and the, the handkerchief part will be down the back. Mm-hmm. To, um, just for when they sweat, it and goes on pull it out and then replace it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I wonder how much it actually causes them to sweat to have like an extra layer, two layers like imagine, shoved down their back. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine it doesn't help. And it stays in when they're playing around and stuff. Or yeah, they fall out? I mean they do. They do fall out for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've never seen any like because they're not like clipped on, right? It's no, just like shoved no, it's in just, there. It's just hanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen some. Like, I seem to have some recollection of them, like, uh, maybe special t-shirts with them on where they were, like, not Velcro, but maybe Prestud, with Prestuds or something, but mm. I'm not sure. Okay. Like a snap or something. Yeah, like a snap. Prestud. Prestud. I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's a way better word for it, though. Prestud. <laughs> and who's, um, how about umbrella usage? Tell us a little oh, bit yeah. about that. Everyone's using them. Well... Mostly women. I don't know if I've seen so many men. Women tend to carry around an umbrella with them during the summer. And uh, once it gets so hot, too hot, they just pull it out. And it's not like a parasol. They're just using standard umbrellas, mm. as far as I can see. Well, in Shenzhen, I mean, it serves dual purpose because we do have a, quite a few True. summer showers. And they also like to sometimes wear those medical masks on their faces, not for health purposes but just to protect just, the bottom yeah. of their face from sun exposure so I have like the big sunglasses on the medical mask and the umbrella yeah. the sleeve <laughs> or sometimes you sometimes see and not very often but there are these huge visors oh they're like yeah. i mean you usually the visors like like a standard peak like a cap that but even longer wear, but it's huge yeah uh, it's like you imagine they're gonna fold it down and weld something yes exactly it's it looks like welding masks <laughs> yeah um well one last thing i've got and this is about kids that i've never seen a kid wear this but i, I found this uh on an in an article it's, uh, this thing is called a doodo <laughs> uh i'm sorry i'm not sure i should have uh, written down the pronunciation but it's basically a tunic that is tied at the neck and at the waist. So it's, I think, 
from what I saw in the picture, it's just like to cover the front. But so the kids are just like free. The rest of them open to the so elements. It's like a cape. Co- the opposite. So it's on right, the front to cover the front. Like a, a halter neck top for a like a woman that a woman would wear. What I'm imagining is um like when you go to the hairdressers and they tie the thing around your neck, you know, like this tar- this right, like, like I don't know what you'd like call a poncho, that. I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. by the way, the last time I went and got my hair cut here in China, the the poncho thingy, it had like a clear window so you could like use your phone as you're getting your hair cut. <laughs> That's awesome. Because we've all been fumbling I around. I don't know why no one's figured that <laughs> so one out before now. It's so, so genius. Good. It just had like this window cut out with like a plastic material over the top just in that one spot so you could use your phone while getting styled. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. Genius. I love it. I love that. So yeah, so that's that's a uh, sampling. If any of you out there have also been to China and seen some other cooling techniques, or are Chinese yourself and can think of some, we'd love to hear feedback. Mm. Before we finish, I do have some ways that the ancient Chinese kept cool. Oh yeah, let's hear those. Yeah, the, none of them are particularly like wow. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you <laughs> about them. So in the Tang Dynasty. Um, they had a kind of cool room, which was built be- uh, beside streams. It had water on a fan, it sounds like, that sent cool air into the room, or they used a mechanical device to draw water up into the roof and then, like, dropped it down in, like, a mist, like a ah. spray. Sounds good, to be honest. It does sound good. Yeah. And uh, then another thing is that in the, the Zhou Dynasty, they would collect ice in the winter months and preserve it. They would cover it with straw and sawdust and then dig it out in the summertime. Uh, bear in mind, these, all these things, by the way, would be f- just for the uber-rich or for the royal, like, for the... Um, oh, yeah, I'd imagine that's really labor-intensive and you need a lot of space for that. Uh, yeah, true. And uh, also, they had mini ice houses to keep wine cool. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is regarded as one of the earliest refrigerators. Uh, in the Han Dynasty, craftsmen developed a fan, like... It looks, from the pictures, it looks just like a crude version of a, just like a, a, a fan you would have in a house now. Like a small, like a small one, but uh, I'm not like sure. Like a spinning, like a standing spinning yeah, one. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I'm not exactly sure how it worked. And the final thing, this is my favorite, is a porcelain pillow. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but I can imagine how I, pleasant that would be to lay your cheek yeah, on Yeah, not very comfortable, but I can imagine it would be quite a nice relief if yeah it was it's very super hot. yeah i know I've, i sometimes will like switch my pillow to the other side oh, when yeah, it's hot it's you such know, a good feeling like, ah. when you turn it over yeah <laughs> so nice <laughs> awesome so should we do a chinese word of the day yeah let's so i want to keep with the theme and give you the word for air conditioner which is kong tiao um and actually i have to admit i didn't ever really know what tiao meant in this i know kong because it's a it's a very common word related to air and the sky and so you see it in a lot of different uh, words in Chinese, so kong is, is like air, but tiao, I just looked it up, so it actually means like to adjust something, mm. so it's 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 a pretty like literal translation, air conditioner, kong tiao, so uh, check that out on writtenchinese.com if you're studying the characters, you can just search on the free online dictionary and mm-hmm. take a look at the characters and you can just search using the pinyin which is K-O-N-G-T-I-A-O. And you can add it to your flashcard list if you so desire and mm-hmm. learn it 
for when you come to China in the summer months. Mm. And uh, you can also check out the link on writtenchinese.com slash episode 139. You'll see all of our show notes for everything that we've mentioned. We'll link to all our articles and uh, whatnot. And that's a good place for you to drop any comments as well yeah. related to the show. Uh, we read all of them, and uh, we really love when people leave us comments on the site. It, it, I mean, it's just a nice way to share. We like getting the emails, too, but it's nice when you share your feedback with the whole audience because then other people can go back through the show notes and take a look at the feedback from other people there, too. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, Nora and I kind of, we've got a lot going on, so we might take a little bit of time to get to you. But we will eventually. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you can also get in touch with us on Facebook. Again, facebook.com slash two white chicks. And uh, if you have your own question, you can do as Donna did and leave us a written question on Facebook. But you can also leave us a voice message on writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Please keep your questions coming. Yeah, we really want to get back into a routine of publishing new uh, episodes and it doesn't matter as we said if we've already covered it things change <laughs> for and, sure uh, we like you know we like talking about all these strange topics <laughs> all right i hope you learned something about a little bit about life in china we'd love your feedback and continue listening as we move forward see ya see ya